everybody. I'm Lena. Say hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. We've been married for six years. No, it's not our first marriage. But hopefully it's our last. We're committed to making this one work. We will talk emotional baggage. Blended families. Love. Sex. Relationships. Life. We are here to help you with your baggage. So let's make sure that it fits in the overhead compartment. Because haven't we already paid enough? Life's too short to be weighed down by unchecked baggage. So sit back and enjoy the flight. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unchecked Baggage, episode number seven. I'm sitting here with my tall, dark, and handsome husband, Rob. A little bit darker at the vacation, and you look absolutely amazing tonight. You're so sweet. I try. Yeah, we did. We just got back from vacation and we're feeling relaxed and ready to provide you with some more information to help you in your love life. I Hopefully. Mean, <laughs> I mean, at the very least, we might make you giggle every now and then. <laughs> I make myself giggle anyway, so. Hey, I wanted to give a shout out to all of our new listeners. We have had listeners now from New Zealand, Mexico, Uganda, the UK, Curacao, and then in the U.S., we've had listeners from Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California, Pennsylvania, New York, Wisconsin, Colorado, Delaware, Georgia, Maryland, Michigan, Utah, Illinois, Ohio, and Oklahoma. And we don't even know all those people because I don't know people that live in some of those states. And I don't know anybody that lives in those countries. So I guess we're spreading a little bit. We're going to take over the world, Rob. World domination. <laughs> No, thank you all for listening. We really, really appreciate it. And we would love to hear from you. Yes, please. If you like our podcast, spread the word and review us. We need reviews so that more reviews we get, the more people will start listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially on iTunes. That's the big one to review us on. So do we want to talk about vacation at all? Sure. Let's talk a little bit about vacation. We just got back. Well, it, now it was about a week ago from Cancun. And that's Rob's favorite place on the face of the planet. You know, it has emotional ties for me. I know. Okay. I know. That's where he asked me to marry him. Mm -hmm. We went to a, a resort called LeBlanc. It was so nice and beautiful. And we just, we didn't do a lot. We drank, we ate, we sat in the sun. And drank. And drank. And ate. <laughs> yeah, it was very relaxing. We spent most of our time in, in the water. And in the sun, and we just drank, did some clubbing and listened to music and drank, and then drank some more. Yeah. By the end of the vacation, I was a little bit dranked out. <laughs> <laughs> I know we talked about in the previous episode about spending time together, and you don't have to go to a resort, but if you can spend three or four days together with no kids, it'll really help you connect and bond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if you stay home, you, yeah. you can do super cheap things. I mean, our last episode showed you that. Yeah, and just the resort thing we like to do just as the splurge on ourselves, and it's all inclusive. So once you get there, you don't have to spend any money. So I, I like that part of it. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. And then this weekend, we did the annual family reunion. And so we drank more oh, <laughs> there. Yes, just uh, FYI, do not drink Crown Apple and Fireball together because you will get very, very drunk, as I found out. That doesn't even sound good. It tastes That's delicious. Gross. It, just, it sneaks up on you, though. Yeah. I had to go late because I had to pick up kids from work at 10 o'clock at night. So I didn't get there until about 1130. And I found Rob pretty much passed out on the ground next to the picnic table. I wasn't passed out, per se. It was 
rest in my eyes. <laughs> and of course, my family, being the great people that they are, took pictures of me mm-hmm. laying on the ground. So <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll you, post that on our Facebook page. Yeah, you usually don't even drink that much. So I was surprised when I got there and you were like, out. I didn't drink that much, but it was the combination of the, basically it was doubles. Ugh. I had like four doubles of that. It's just whiskey on top of whiskey. Ooh, fireball gives me that nauseous feeling just mm-hmm. thinking about it. And my kids warned me. They said, are you going to use a mixer? And I said, yes, I am using a mixer. The mixer is a fireball with the crown. <laughs> so now we're really drinked out. I know that's not a word. Yes. Oh, by the way, for those that just now listening, there's a game we play. It's called when Rob messes up or makes up his own word, take a shot. So pay attention to my misspeaking <laughs> words because that is not my thing. <laughs> True. All right. And remember that we're doing a contest and we need your help. So when we get to 100 downloads for our most recent episode, we'll do a random drawing for anyone that has emailed us with a question or comment on the show or reviewed us on iTunes. Now, Rob was trying to talk me into lowering the number to where it was 50 downloads for our most recent episode, which is really doable, but I want to keep it at 100. I think 100 is doable if each and every one of the people that are listening would share us on their social media and tell everybody how amazing our podcast is, we could reach a hundred in no time. Probably. Although I did find out a lot of my family's not listening. So hopefully after my tirade on Friday, when I was drunk, they'll start listening now. <laughs> so don't make me get drunk again. I heard you weren't very nice. I probably wasn't. <laughs> okay. So to enter the contest, here's what you do. Number one, Email us at unchecked.af at gmail.com with a relationship advice question, a topic that you'd like us to cover on the show, or commentary about how much you love the show. Or if you don't love it, you can send us that too. We don't care. Just email us. Number two, review us on iTunes and give us five stars, please. Number three, tell your friends to listen. That's what I'm talking about. The faster that we get more listeners, the sooner we do the giveaway. And after that giveaway, we'll probably do another giveaway. So let's get these giveaways going and share us on social media. Number four, once we get to 100 downloads for our most recent episode, we will make a video of us doing a drawing using a random number generator and post it. If you email us and review us on iTunes, you get added to the drawing twice. The only restriction is that direct family cannot win. So moms, dads, kids, etc., need not apply. I just like to add though, that we need our direct family to review us and share. Yes. Okay. Please. Even though you can't win, we get big enough. You're going to get free shit anyway. So, <laughs> right. One of these days, if we ever do really, really well, we'll give away free t-shirts. And we'll give away free t-shirts in order of how I like you. So if you want free t-shirts, start sucking up to me right now. <laughs> All right. Anything else we need to talk about, Rob? I think that's it for now. Okay. Then let's move into today's topic. Today's episode topic comes courtesy of one of our listeners that emailed us with a question. Layla asks, how do you maintain a healthy marriage even though your partner isn't immediately accepted by your family or your friends or society? That is a good question. There's a lot going on in this question. So it's, she's talking about family and society. So I'm going to assume that maybe this person has a record or something that society would look down on. But the 
thing here is immediately accepted. You just have to work with it and stick it out, I think. Well, good thing that's not the whole answer because I did some research. Well, that's why you're here. I don't do research. (laughs) This is a hard one, though, because there could be a lot of different dynamics at play. We're going to try to weave our way through the different factors that could be possible. We're going to make some assumptions. Yeah. Because we don't know the whole story. You know, we don't know the part about why not accepting society. So we're just going to make some assumptions and we might be wrong. We might be right. But just generalizations will be used. Yes. And we're going to cover a lot of things. So very first thing that you have to do whenever your friends or your family don't like your partner is you have to find out why. Those conversations can be hard, but it's really important to find out the reason why. And as I was doing some research, I kind of started thinking of these as sort of low, medium, and high on the warning signs scale. So there are different categories. So let's let's talk about things that I'm categorizing. And this is just my own personal, uneducated, unprofessional opinion. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt there. But I would say on the low side, if your family or your friends don't like who you're with because of things like family background, politics, race, religion. In that case, you may just be dealing with simple prejudice that can be overcome. Maybe. I think in today's climate, politics is probably the hardest one to overcome. Maybe. I think that's true online. But I think in real life, people are a lot more similar than we think we are. You see somebody posting something online and you're like, oh, I could never like that person because of the way that they act online. Well, when you get to see them in person, they act totally different and you've got way more in common than you have different. Right. I mean, if you never bring up politics and you just talk to somebody without the politics coming up, I watched a video on this where they had three different people or three sets of two people and they all had different backgrounds, totally different, far left, far right, whatever. So they try to pair up the most radical people to each other, right? And they talked about things before they even knew their background. And by the time they found out their background, they already had a relationship and it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. We have so many things to connect over. And, yeah. and the things that we don't connect over, it's okay. Usually you can have a good discussion with people even even if you don't agree with them. Yes. Just because somebody has a different background and it doesn't mean they're stupid or they have different political beliefs. Mm-hmm. I mean – I personally don't care. It's how that person is around me. That's all I care about. Right. And, and my family. And I try to come at it with, with the thought that everyone has the views that they have for a reason because of their life experiences. Their life experiences have shaped who they are as a person. And everyone has different experiences. Right. And so we're going to have different opinions on things. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Nobody's born racist. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so those were the low, in my categorization, those are low. Now, medium concerns would be things like if your partner has a lack of motivation, if they've got personality traits that concern them, like maybe they like to take over the conversation or they take easily take offense to things, or maybe you seem unhappy since you've been in the relationship. All of those things are warning signs that may warrant a little bit of concern. Lack of motivation on that one is... Big red flag for me. If one of my kids was dating somebody and they kept talking about that he, they don't have any motivation or whatever, that would worry me more because looking for jobs or getting stuff done, that mm-hmm. would be a big downer. Yeah. If you've got somebody that that is perpetually unmotivated, then 
then yeah, that can be a problem. I mean, and everybody goes through different things. You go through depression right. or whatever, and you may have a period of your life where you're just not motivated. But I think in general, you want your close friends or your children or whatever, you want them to be with someone that is motivated to do something. Yeah. Also takes offense easily. I don't think anybody can hang around me that takes offense easily or my kids for that matter. So that's true. You (laughs) have to have a pretty, pretty thick skin to hang around you. I don't think my kids would bring anybody around that was offensed very easily because Mm -hmm. they know. They're probably the same. So. I don't think your kids would be with anyone that was no. that took no. offense so we can, easily. Yeah, I'm bored by the motivation part, maybe, but not offensive. No. For you, but this is for everyone. Right, yeah. Right. Okay, so those are kind of medium concerns. Then we've got things that you should probably be highly concerned about. Things like they've exhibited mean or abusive behavior towards you. Maybe they're battling drug addiction or alcoholism, or they've been convicted of a violent crime. Or maybe your partner just doesn't share the same core values as you. All of those things, if your family or your friends are concerned about those things, you should probably take heed. Not to say that anybody that has had battles with drug addiction or alcoholism can't have a happy relationship. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about they're on drugs right now or they are full-fledged alcoholics drinking right now then that's a hard person to have a relationship with. Because that never ends. That's a battle until they die. They're always going to be a drug addict or alcoholic. Okay. Like once they get kick it, they can't be around it because mm-hmm. it's too hard. So if you're going to be in a relationship with somebody like that, your immediate family is always going to be concerned about them relapsing. Mm-hmm. So you have to take all this into account when you pick somebody. That's a hard struggle to be with somebody that is alcoholic or a drug addict, especially from my experience of having a dad that's alcoholic, that never ends. Okay. You have to just be careful what you do. Yeah. Yeah. You you definitely have to be careful. But, and like I said, I mean, people that have struggled with those things in the past, I know that it's a constant struggle, but they can absolutely be in, oh, yeah. in no, a happy relationship. Yeah. No, that's, it's just that it always in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something to consider because, I mean, your lifestyle may need to change. If you're with someone like that, that, that needs to stay sober, you may not be able to drink anymore. If that's you know something right. that you do on a regular basis, that's one thing that you would need to take into consideration. And even being convicted of a violent crime doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be violent all your life. You could right. have made one mistake. You got into a fight. If you get into a fight, that's a violent crime technically, right? Right. So I think most people are going to look for stuff that's wrong with whoever you're dating. So... I don't think a violent crime should necessarily make somebody a bad person because all this stuff can be overcome. It's just how that person acts around the family. Yeah. They are all things that you need to put some weight into mm-hmm. w- when you're making your decision on whether to be with someone right. or not. Like if you have a heavy police family, you probably don't want to date somebody that has a big criminal record. Right? Maybe, maybe not. That's going to make it really awkward at first. If you have a lot of, police officers in your family and you're going for a convicted felon, I think you might have a little bit of a rebellious streak. (laughs) Yes, probably true. Probably true. All right. And I did a little bit of research, found an article on EliteDaily.org, and it says to make sure that when you have the conversation with your friends or your family about why they don't like your significant other, you need to make sure that they know that you appreciate their honesty because you want them to be honest with you and open and feel safe talking to you. It's not easy telling someone negative information like that. So tell them that you appreciate them looking out for you. I think it's the way they say it. 
Like if you're going to talk to somebody that you're concerned about how they're dating as the person that's concerned, you need to have it in a casual conversation, not a, I can't believe you're dating this person. It needs to be. So I understand this person has a bad background or whatever it is. And I don't like this, but tell me why you like this person. Okay. And you're going to have to trust that if you're the parent that you raised that person to make good decisions. Mm-hmm. So that's if you're on the other side of it, if you're, right. if you're the one with concerns, but this particular question is that you're the one with the partner that they have concerns about. Right. That's what I just said. <laughs> okay. okay. But you also need to keep in mind that you really need to discern where the person's coming from. According to an article from refinery29.com quote, Sometimes it can be hard to know where friendly concern ends and other people's insecurities begin. Is it them your friends dislike or something they represent or a spurious cocktail of personal taste and pet peeves that has basically no bearing on your happiness at all? (laughs) Yeah, that was probably this last part probably me to my daughters when they were dating. I -hmm. had preconceived, I tell them, don't bring anybody home that wore baggy pants or hat sideways or couldn't shake my hand like a man. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they didn't. But I'm sure the ones they did, they probably just hid from me, which is not cool. But, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah, because you already had a preconceived notion of right. who you wanted your daughters to be dating. Right. And that's my own personal thing, mm-hmm. which is not right. But, you know, that's the way it was. Yeah. And I mean, all of those things that you're talking about, they fall into that first category on the low scale. So those are all personal appearance type things to where if your daughter's brought home someone like that, that wore his hat backwards. I know that's one of your big pet peeves, but if if they wore their hat backwards and then you got to know them and realize that, oh, this is a good kid, then you would get over that. Yeah. It would start off in a, with me kind of, you know, oh, here we go. Baggy pant, hat wearing backwards dude, douchebag probably, whatever. And then I wouldn't necessarily say don't ever bring them around, but it would be harder for me to get to like them. But it would take me longer, but eventually I probably would. Yes. And yeah, none of those things are a huge concern. So whenever you're having this conversation with your friends or family, you need to make sure that you understand their heart. Most times when people are not accepting, it's because they think that they're trying to look out for your best interest. But sometimes it actually comes from a selfish place. So you really need to try to understand the heart of the person that's trying to steer you clear of the relationship. That's true. Parents can oftentimes have a picture in their mind of what their child's potential partner will be like. When reality doesn't match the expectation, it can be hard for the parents to accept. I I think it's mainly because parents want their kids to be happy all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't want to be in a relationship with, with sadness, which is stupid because... If you don't have sadness, you don't appreciate the happiness part, but it's always like you want them to be with the perfect person so that their dating life is better than what your dating life was. I think you always want your kids to have success in some way, you know, whether that means financial success or just success at being a happy person. And so whenever you pick a partner, that's a huge part of your success. They're either going to bring you up or pull you down. Right. Especially and, if you struggled when you were young in your relationships or struggled financially and you, and you're seeing them dating somebody you don't think is going to be able to support them financially mm-hmm. or help out. That also adds to it too. Yeah, so, exactly. That's a hard thing to overcome really mm-hmm. as a parent. 
It is. Just keep in mind that friends and family, they can both have feelings of jealousy. I think I dealt with that. At least that's my perception of what I was dealing with. Whenever I separated from my last husband and then I started number two, then I started dating you. I had a really good friend at that time and she did not like you. And I think that she was a little jealous, actually a lot jealous of the relationship between me and you, because anytime that I would be spending time with her and I would text you or whatever, because we were in that beginning stage of the relationship where all I could think about was you, she would get upset with me. And ultimately that friendship failed. She even turned out the friends against you too. Yeah. Yeah. I lost a lot of friends. She was the lead. Mm-hmm. Lead cackler. I, yeah. So I, I lost a lot of friends then, but that's an example of not listening to the people with the concerns, because if I had, then we wouldn't be together now. Mm. Ultimately being with you was one of the best decisions I ever made. It should have been. <laughs> I feel the same way. So I've been on both sides of this where I didn't like who my kids were dating and when I met you, I knew that some of your family didn't really, you know, because I was so old, too old and too sexy, I guess. <laughs> so their main concern was the age gap, you know, like, right. oh, he's way too old for you. All I decided to do was just, I had to prove that I was worthy to be in the family and to be with you. And so I have never done anything to make them not like me. So. I think at this point, everyone likes and respects you. They should. Because they know how you are good for me. Yeah. I'm sure it didn't happen overnight, but it didn't take forever to just go to family functions and get to know them and mainly be yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. The, whoever the person is that your family doesn't like, when they're around that family, they need to be themselves, not somebody that you think your family wants them to be. Because mm-hmm. then later on, when they're actually all themselves, it's going to be a shock to your family. So you want somebody that your family will like that will can be themselves. Absolutely. An article from loveisrespect.org mentions that you should also try to find out if both your friends and your family have the same opinion. If so, then you might want to actually consider whether or not the thing that they don't like is a warning sign. And warning signs could actually mean that that person isn't for you. It depends partially on how important the people are to you that don't accept your partner. And, you know, not everybody is really close with friends and family. So if if they have a big concern and that concern doesn't hold any weight for you, then it may not be that big of a deal because you're not hanging out with them that much anyway. But if you're very close to your family or very close to your friends and you're with someone that they have very big concerns about, then it might change your life a lot. Because if you decide to continue seeing that person, then you won't be as close with those people that are important to you. I think so. But I think as I'm sitting here thinking about it, the most important thing in this whole thing is, are you happy? Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're truly, truly happy, then fuck everybody else. Okay. Because that's all that matters. And eventually the people that don't agree with you dating, whoever you're dating, will see how happy you are. And if they're actually love you, and respect you, then they'll be happy for you. Yeah, because your happiness should be what they're concerned about. Right. That's the ultimate thing, is that if you're with someone that makes you happy, 
then that's all they should care about. When we first met, 95% of my family was like, we're glad you met somebody that made you happy. Now, my kid was a little bit slower to come around, you know, because I got divorced from their mom. But now they know I'm happy and they're happy for me. So sometimes it just takes longer. But, you know, all that really does matter is if you're happy with that person and that person you know is that they love you and they treat you how you want to be treated, then that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And if you do decide that your your family and friends' concerns are unwarranted, then there are things that you can do. But first, let's talk about what not to do. An article from EliteDaily.org says, quote, Dr. Gary Brown, a prominent L.A.-based couples therapist, says it's also important to consider any role you may have in creating this dynamic. Another thing to ask yourself is, is there anything that I am saying or doing that may unintentionally be fueling my family's dislike of my partner, he explains. For example, do you find yourself only sharing negative things about your partner and venting to your family? If so, it's probably adding to their dislike or distrust of your significant other. If that's the case, Dr. Brown suggests sharing positive things about your partner to help them develop a better picture of who they really are. I agree with that because if you're just constantly saying, hey, Steve won't get a job or Steve is always constantly asking me for money or Steve won't stop drinking or stop doing drugs or doesn't clean up. He makes me do everything. If all they hear and then if you say one nice thing, all they're going to latch on to is the negative stuff. You have mm-hmm. to bleed in some positive stuff and negative stuff. And if you can't you can't put in enough positive stuff to make it balance out, then that is the wrong person for you. That's a very good point. Yeah. I learned a long time ago not to share everything with everyone because every relationship has problems. Yes. Every single one. There's no perfect relationship out there where you don't argue about something or you're not, you're not going to be 100% happy all the time. But usually your family is not the one that you're going to want to go and vent to all the time. So take that to heart, because if you present that person as a negative influence in your life, then that's what they're going to see. If you talk to one person in your family about your relationship that's negative, that person is going to talk to everybody else in your family to keep that in mind. Okay. Blapper mouths everywhere. So <laughs> right. got to be careful what you say. And like I said earlier, you can't talk to your family only when negative stuff's happening. Otherwise, they're going to just constantly tell you why you're with this person, why you're with this person. Yeah, they need to see the good. Yes. And that's where it's really important for you to, to bring that person around a lot. Let your family get used to them or let your friends get used to them and see the good sides. I don't like anybody I've never met. Think about that for a while. Okay. If your family and friends are really important to you and you want them to remain a big part of your life, then there are a few things that you can try. According to a HuffPost.com article, you've got to set some boundaries with family. If they're bad-mouthing your significant other, you have to tell them to stop. You don't want to sit around and listen to someone talking bad about your significant other all the time. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. And then the article also says, psychotherapist Kathleen Dolan DeVos says, quote, Boundaries might include limiting the type of information that you choose to tell them about your partner or relationship Or they may even be deciding to limit the situations in which you and your partner spend time with your parents if their opinions or dislike for your partner feel particularly harmful or even damaging to your relationship. So, see, that's a tough one right there, okay? Because in order for them to know or like your partner, they have to be around each other, right? 
But I guess at some point you have to say, then they're going to work. They're not ever going to like you and that's fine. But I know what a good person you are. But I mean, what's the time? Like how long do you give it? I mean, I think you've got different types of people, right? You've got people that are loving and accepting and those that aren't. And you know your family better and your friends. Let's pull friends in there too. So you know your family and friends better than anyone else. And so if you have people in your life that are loving and accepting, maybe there are some issues that they have or some things about this person that they have issue with. If you bring them around more and they're the loving, accepting type, then eventually they'll come around and see that you're happy and they'll be fine. Right. Now, your family may be assholes and they're not going to change their mind no matter what. And if you have that kind of family, then you're probably not going to want to spend a lot of time with them. Anyway. Then that's that's when it's just maybe they're a family and you're friends and then you have to cut your family out. You don't want the negative drama in a good relationship to yeah. get ruined. I mean, because you know. a lot of times people grow up in toxic environments. I right. mean, they're, they're toxic people. And unfortunately, sometimes those people decide to become parents. And they stay toxic. Yeah, and they stay toxic. And so this is kind of a hard question to answer just because there could be so many different dynamics going on. Right. So I think the most important thing is that you have to first know who you're dealing with, what their heart is. Are they really, truly concerned for you? Or do they have their own issues that they're bringing into the, the whole equation. And then if you decide that your partner is the right person for you, then you make it work. And if everyone really loves you, then they'll respect the boundaries that you set. Otherwise, maybe they shouldn't be in your life or at least not as big of a part of it as they used to be. Yeah. I mean, like I said a couple of times before, all that really matters is your happiness. Okay. If you have to be happy without your family around because this person makes you happy and there's no hidden stuff that you're not telling your family, then fuck them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just come the fuck off and do your thing. And just be honest with yourself. You know, I mean, you, you have to really look at your own heart. Right. I mean, you have to look at that person and say, this person actually does make me happy or that's good. Okay. Then whatever your family and friends said doesn't matter. But if you're having to constantly try to be happy so that you can prove everybody wrong. Okay. Then that's not the person for you. Mm-hmm. You have to be truly happy without really trying. Right. And ultimately you have to figure out what's right for you and what makes you happy and make decisions that are best for your life because it's your life, not anyone else's. Correct. And I mean, I don't have any statistics to back this up or not, but I'm sure there's a lot of parents who's had kids that met somebody they didn't like and 40 years later, they're still married. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we have talked through it and hopefully answered the question. Layla, I hope we helped. And if you have any follow-up questions, please email us. Yeah, and I know this person, so I'm not sure about everything that's going on, but I've met both of them, and they're both awesome. So it could just be a, a parent's thing at first. You know, like they just look at them and like, oh, you know. He shaved his head or whatever it is. He has tattoos or something. But I know he's a good guy. And you guys make a great couple. So don't worry about what your family thinks. Just be happy. Anyway, I found a fun fact. Listen to this fun fact. Did you know that 41% of first marriages end in divorce? 41%. It's a lot. I know. 60% of second marriages end in divorce. It's higher. That's a lotter. That's a lotter, yes. (laughs) 
and 73% of third marriages in a divorce. So when I was doing this research, I thought it would be the opposite way around. Like the first marriage, I thought it would be like 50%. And then as you got married more, it would go down. But I guess they just realized, you know, I got divorced once. I'm not happy. I can just get divorced again. Yeah, I think as you get older, at least this is what I've noticed with myself, is that my tolerance for bullshit goes down. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, you already got married and divorced once. Oh, might as well do it again. What's the difference between one and seven, I guess, right? (laughs) Right. So since this is my third marriage, that means that we have a 27% chance of making it. But it's my second, so we have a 40% chance. So you add those together, a 63% chance, which is more than 50%. I think we're at about probably 35% would be. Yeah. Hopefully we can make another year, at least. Fingers crossed. Hey, did I tell you I was, I was reading a book about anti-gravity? No. Nope. It's hard to put down. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. See you later. Thank you all so much for listening to us. For relationship advice or to tell us how great we are, please email us at uncheckedaf at gmail.com. We can also be found at uncheckedbaggage.co or on Facebook by searching at uncheckedaf. Our Twitter handle is at uncheckedbagga1 or search for uncheckedaf on Instagram. Thank you to Jessica at jessiebcreative.com for our awesome cover art. And thanks to everyone for listening to Unchecked Baggage and check Check your your baggage baggage at the door. door.